Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to From Dial Square to Where. Um, this is the mental health. There we go. I don't, I don't know whether that works. It doesn't show me anymore, the uh, video, but there we go. I'll just assume it did. We've got uh, my co host, Chappers. How are you, Chappers? Hi, hi. I'm good, man. How are you? Good, good. I'm not too bad at all. And we've got a, uh, a new guest today. I'm really, really delighted to say that Ray from City Fan TV is with us tonight as well. Looking cool tonight, eh, Ray? Oh, cheers, guys. How are you doing, guys? I'm all right. Hope you are too. And, and I'm absolutely uh, thrilled to have you on because you've made a massive effort to be on this show tonight. I'm sure you'd rather be in bed probably the day you've had, <laughs> Ray. Uh, just to let everyone know. Andrew, I'd rather be watching England lose, honestly. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm sure you would. I'm sure you would. Yeah, no, he's had, uh, he's driven all the way from France today, right? So I'm um, great that you've made this effort and I'm really glad to have you on. Um, it's a tough one for me, this uh, this show. And I've been, I don't know why, I've just been really nervous about doing it. It's just because it's a subject so close to my heart, something I've been um, suffering with for a while. And um, yeah, I, I just felt it's so important more than ever at this day to actually bring this subject more and more into the open um and yeah i just want everyone to get involved with this and, uh, and we really need to do what we can the smallest amount just to break the stigma of um you know mental health especially amongst men especially amongst maybe the football community and now more than ever within the this environment we're all living in at the moment as well i mean i mean people are going through bereavement social isolation loss of income fear worry anxiety loneliness domestic violence because of um you know we're, we're actually um you know during lockdown um it's so many things that we don't actually know unless we ask the question and I think it's so important to actually get it out there and make sure that during this time when the actual access to help, treatment that would normally be there isn't there during this lockdown period. So it's it's down to us 
to actually help look after and ask the questions of our family and friends and, and close circle um, to make sure that they're okay. So, I mean, first off, Ray, I mean, I know you've had a, you know, a lot of experience uh, sort of in this sort of area yourself throughout your life. We were just having a chat offline about, uh, you know, a friend that you were having a conversation with before and it's just out there, isn't it? And it's so important to bring it out into the open. Absolutely. I mean, um, you know, we, we were chatting uh, a few days ago before you asked me to come on. A lot of people suffer uh, from mental health issues. I uh, was chatting to a mate uh, earlier on this evening, well over an hour. I hadn't spoken to him for a while. And he had a big accident while he was on holiday uh, last year. He fell off a horse, um, absolutely smashed himself up. He's in, he's in his mid 40s. Um, so he's, you know, broken arm, broken wrist, smashed his leg up, broken ribs, punctured lung. Um, and it must have been about 18 months ago that this happened, and he's still in a bad way, still full of metal. He hasn't got um, full movement back, uh, and he's living on his own, so he's got no family. Um, and obviously lockdown makes it even worse. So before before lockdown, he was spend most of the time at home trying, uh, doing his rehab. Um, so he couldn't go to work, and he do a bit of work from home. And especially with the lockdown, it's really, really tough. So, you know, he um, wanted a chat. So, you you know, you, you feel you've got to make the time. I've got the time tonight. I've got nothing else to do because it hit, hit the sack later. And that's it. So I spent an hour or, or whatever having a good old chat with him. And it's a shame that I can't go and see him because I think he needs that, that company. Yeah. Uh, I've known him since he was a kid. So, you know, it, it's important if you feel you can to give people a little bit of time, even if – they don't think they've got mental health issues or, the, you know, um, there's loneliness issues, which you don't know if someone's just lonely or there's some depression or some, some other mental health issues involved. So it's about opening up. It's about, uh, you know, if you've got problems, it's about opening up. Now, I was telling Andrew, you know, the guy had no insurance um, or not enough medical insurance for what happened to him when he was on holiday. And he didn't open up to anybody. He didn't say to any of his uh, you know, mates or people who've known him for years, I've got a problem. Can you help help out? Um, and, you know, if, he, if he'd done that, people would have helped out. Uh, but he didn't want to inconvenience anybody or, or anything. And it, it's like mental health issues. You know, people don't want to inconvenience somebody else and, um, you know, either annoy them or, you know, if you talk to people, sometimes... You, the really good friends will stand by you, come what may, and and some others. Well, you've got some mental health issues. Uh, you know, maybe they feel uncomfortable. But even if you feel uncomfortable, you you should at least try and help your mates. That's what good mates are for. So, um, so it's, it's as as you say, it's really important to open up when you've got problems, and it's yeah. also important to listen to other people. You know, as someone said years ago, you got two ears and one mouth, and so you do twice as much listening. As you do talking, it's important. Uh, I've got that wrong somewhere. Yeah. I try as much talking, but you've got to listen to people when they've got problems. No, no, that's really important. Absolutely, you have to sort of um, notice. You just use your eyes as well and actually notice people and how they're actually being, because it, it's very, very tough to to get it out of people sometimes as well. So um, I, I think that's so important to actually ch check in on you. Your mates who you haven't listened, haven't spoken to for quite a while, and you know, just see how they are. And when they say, "Yeah, I'm okay," because that's a standard of response to any question that we're, "How are you, mate?" Yeah, I'm all right. 
Well, are you really? You know, that just get that open dialogue going with them and, and say that you just to show that you are there and you are willing to listen. And Chappers, oh, sorry, by the way, Richard, thanks for joining us, mate. Great to have you on board as well. And Chappers, you know, uh, it's it's so important, isn't it, with this, uh, you know, British, British stiff upper lips, easy for me to say. It's, it's the way um, to go in this country, isn't it? And it's it's we need to break that barrier down. Absolutely. Um, I think, uh, so I, I was looking at that um, Ben Chilwell interview that he, uh, so recently he was talking about uh, the fact that, you know, he'd been, he'd struggled a bit with his mental health when he got injured. And actually uh, that there was, you know, quite, I mean, quite understandably, there's a lot of pressure going on uh, when you're playing in the Premier League. And um, I mean, they're quite lucky. They're quite lucky uh, in the sense that they do have access to somebody that is, uh, I think, you know, I don't know if this is in place in all clubs, but uh, this certainly in Leicester, they've got somebody, you know, that they're able to go and talk to. Um, and uh, where was I going with this? Oh, yeah, well, yeah, one of the interesting things that he said, uh, actually, was that, was that everybody is going through something, you know, um, and that's, 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 like you say, it's, it's always really, really difficult to, to kind of notice that, especially if you're going through something yourself as well. Um, I was having a look at um, a report about, um, uh, it was done by the Mental Health Charity Mind, just about the uh, effect that the pandemic had had on, uh, on people's mental health. And it was, it, one of the interesting things that stood out was that although, um, so first of all, services are not, readily available enough for people to access so uh well i've lost them i did write it down somewhere but i don't don't know oh yeah so we, yeah one in four people were able to unable to access services and also that same amount um didn't try to access any services because they thought that their problem wasn't serious enough and like i i don't know about you but i have been guilty of that like time and time again and actually as a result of that it's meant a massive decline in my own mental health when you just go yeah. well for whatever reason actually for whatever reason you'll go well i you know i'm struggling with this or with that um but i can't talk to them i don't want to bother them or they don't want to hear from me or i haven't seen them in a while so like that would be an imposition and you can think of uh, it's so so easy to actually get those to have those thoughts and make those excuses uh, or, or reasons that you can't speak out uh, or, or that you shouldn't. Yeah, you're going to be a nuisance to them. Yeah. Yeah, all of yeah, them. I absolutely. mean, there are so many things that you could you could say when actually, you know, the, the reality of it is, is that uh, I think most people are, are happy to be there on hand and listen to you and listen to what you've got to say and, and even, you know, share their, their, their stuff with you as well, if, if, if the case yeah. may be, you know. Absolutely. No, that's that's absolutely true. And, uh, you know, Richard, I mean, I think it's worse now than ever before um, during the, you know, this COVID pandemic. It, it's obviously a loss to treatment. There's more sort of triggers to cause these uh, issues than ever before, I think, at the moment as well in, in society. Um, and the problem with mental health issues is 
it's not visible. You know, you're not walking down the road with a limp when you've got the serious sort of mental health issues. It's it's just as serious, but it's not there. It's you know, it's for other people to see uh, outwardly. So it's it's really difficult to sometimes notice what's going on within your sort of circle of friends and family, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, personally, from my own experiences, what I've found is it isn't. I, I agree with, with what Chapa said about access to the services can be a problem, um, even more so, obviously, at this current time with the, the COVID taking priority over literally everything else. Um, but for me, it's more about the case of, as well, the treatments that are available, it's almost a one-size-fits-all approach, which isn't helpful because everybody's mental health is different and everybody mm. needs different things to help them. And unfortunately, I mean, I've, I've spent time in hospitals i've spent times in different treatment therapies and all kinds of stuff and it's very difficult to find something that works for you as an individual because you're lumped in with groups of people whatever your mental health problem is and maybe my mental health problems are slightly more complex perhaps than than others but even so everybody's individual and everybody's needs are different but unfortunately the treatments are very very um I say one size fits all. So if you've got, say, if you're diagnosed with depression, you're put over there and treated like that. If you're diagnosed with some other mental health condition, you're put over there when what you might need as an individual is maybe a little bit of this, a little bit of that, and a little bit of something else. Now, I've over the years, I've had to discover a lot of that for myself. I've tried various different things. Um, a lot of I've had to pay for myself as opposed to getting stuff on the NHS or stuff like that. So I've had to, over the years... It, trial and error a lot of the time to find stuff that worked for me and unfortunately a lot of people aren't either able to do that I don't realize that other things are available so they just go along with what treatment they're given it either helps them or it doesn't and if it doesn't help them they're not going to be offered very much else and um I think that there needs to be still I think we've made progress I mean I was in I was in a, a mental hospital back in the 80s um and I believe that the, the, the treatments have probably changed slightly now, but all they literally wanted to do to everybody in there was just put you on tablets, and that was it. And if you didn't take mm -hmm. tablets, if you refused, which I refused, they said, well, sorry, then we can't treat you. Well, I'm sorry, but that's not acceptable because my mental health, tablets wasn't what I needed, um, which is which has proven to be correct because here I am 35 years later, whatever, I'm still here. So, you know, I've, I've survived so far, and, you know, but that's what, I'm sure it's not quite as bad as that now, although I'm hearing stories from people that have been in a similar situation in the last five or ten years. That That is what they're offered. You, you go there, you're offered, you basically offered tablets and that's it. And if you refuse to take them, they refuse to treat you. And that's not, you know, they, there needs to be a lot more work done on how people are treated for their mental health. I know you can't treat everybody individually. There's no way there's the resources to do that. And that's not probably realistic. But it certainly needs to be a lot more designed for individual people as opposed to just lumping everybody in together in a group that clearly people need different things from it and that to me is why we're probably now in a situation where it's become a bigger problem now because problems from years and years ago haven't been um, resolved people with those problems haven't been treated properly and subsequently they've got either worse or they've certainly got no better and the problem is just dragged on and dragged on i mean that's what i found for me you know i still suffer now not not as bad as i have done in the past but it's like everything isn't it, it you have good times and bad times don't you and that's unfortunately what we all have to what we all have to live with and um you hope that you, you can cope better as as you go along with it you hope you can cope better with the bad times than you did last time and that's but the, the treatments that are out there, I just don't feel they're adequate enough. And they're certainly not catered for an individual. They're just catered for 
groups of whatever. I mean, it's very difficult to diagnose a mental health condition anyway, isn't it? You know, yeah. you can say what, how you feel and what, and what your um, symptoms are, if you like, but ultimately it's individual, isn't it? And what one person feels, somebody feels completely different, even though they might have the same problem. Um, and it, it's, it is difficult. I mean, you know, I'm sure none of us know the answers, do we? That, that's the point. But ultimately, I agree that we do need to talk about it more. And I think we do now. I think, you know, in the past, I mean, I, I never... I never told anybody about any of my mental health problems for 20 odd years more because one, I was embarrassed about it probably. And two, because that was how I was brought up, you know, um, just at the, the time it was and mental health wasn't looked upon as being a problem or, or wasn't looked upon as being real almost. It was like, well, you know, there's nothing wrong with you. Snap out of it kind of thing. That was the attitude that you brought up. Oh, with, yeah, so, yeah. Yeah. And, and that's, and I suppose it, it meant that I, I grew up not, being open about it and it's only really i say maybe in the last 10 years or so maybe more so that i felt able to that people maybe understand a little bit more about it and people are more understanding probably and which is good but i still think there's a long way to go and i still think there's lots and lots of people out there that struggle in silence because they maybe don't feel they've got anywhere to go or that even if they've got somewhere to go that they're not going to get out of it what they need and unfortunately too often that's right as well that's that exactly. is the case with needs needs to be that needs to be seriously looked at and you know the government has spent all this money and all this effort on this covid situation and that money needs to be invested elsewhere as well and on mental health is one of the things that really needs to get serious amount of investment put into it it needs to be taken as seriously as any health condition because it's just as serious in some cases more serious yeah i think it actually leads to so many other things Sorry, Chapel. You know that it probably needs to be pretty central to the to the because it's a massive. It is a massive, massive mental health crisis. You know, uh, since mm. the pandemic's hit, and I think that probably needs to be central to that. You know, um, the fallout from this yeah, mental health fallout. And, uh, and young people, and you know, uh, addressing inequalities and reforming you know certain certain things in the mental health act as well all of these things kind of need need to be addressed because um the the, the way that we we look at mental health uh, and and talk about it is is changing far quicker than they uh, they're able to make uh, than the government are able to make provision for i think definitely it's not going to be known the the actual um severe effects that this pandemic has had on on the mental health uh, crisis for years i don't think and yeah. and the problem is everything you said richard is bang on because i have been suffering from from many many years i only really decided to to sort of speak openly about it maybe i don't know i don't even know if it was about six months ago maybe a little bit less and um well. I've only just, you know, starting to sort of, uh, you know, feel better because of that, you know, and actually being more open. And the, yeah. and the thing is, I actually went through uh, counselling twice in, my, in, in the past. And on both occasions, the counsellor was completely and utterly ineffectual. I mean, one, one of them, their idea of counselling was to make me lay down and listen to some soothing music and, uh, you know, <laughs> and that was it. There, the, yeah. the second one, the second one literally was just um, giving me leaflets, you know, and just saying, go and read this and read that. And uh, that's not counselling. And uh, no. and, I'm, and that really gives, uh, and the unfortunate thing is that that gives counselling a bad 
you know, rep. And you just need to find the right person. And I think that my own point of view is when you get a good counsellor, I mean, obviously that's gold dust really. And what you need to do is have a relationship with this one person. So, because I find nothing more frustrating than having to explain myself to a new person from the start over and over again, every time you speak to someone new. And when I'm feeling at my worst as well, I, I, the last thing I want to do is um, pick up the, you know, speak to people on the phone as well, because I've been that bad. I would, I I couldn't literally speak properly. And I was like really too emotional. And it was really difficult. Mm. And I felt that sometimes, um, you know, being able to, and this is, this is God's honest truth. Twitter has got a really bad reputation as well. And you think, you know, there's so many horrible people on there and, you know, cyberbullying and, you know, going after Mm. celebrities and, you know, all this sort of stuff. But I'll tell you you what, the the Twitter family I built up was invaluable um, for me a few months ago because I was able, I mean, I put a a message on when I first sort of started opening up about it. I I I was blessed with, you know, two or 300 people who messaged me, DM me, um, and you need to lean on, on, on them. You need to lean on these people. And some of these people I've never met in person, but they've proven to be far, far stronger friends. You know, you guys have, you've really, you really came through for me. So many other people came through for me, much more so than people I actually had down as friends. You know, I thought I think they were under- friends. Andrew, I think it's understanding sometimes, though. People that haven't been through it maybe don't understand what, what's needed in those circumstances maybe and they don't know how to deal with it i think maybe maybe people with mm. experience of it maybe a little bit more understanding by the way i just want to say all right ray I've, I've, I've seen you before on a few shows it's good to actually finally meet you <laughs> fantastic yeah it, it really is it, it's so important and that's what is as important for this show is making sure that people who have no idea have never suffered mm. from these issues that mm. they also know what's can understand maybe some symptoms some triggers some you know and help other people because you don't have to have been a, a sufferer to be affected by it you know it's no, no, very no, much no, no. more you know the, the people that are surrounded by and yeah. if you can understand that this may be going on with someone that's close to you but you've never actually approached it with them then mm. make that first step Make that first step. It's so hard in this, you know, it's really difficult. And you, again, you put it on the other way around. You said earlier about um, chappers, as you said, you don't want to bother people. You may not have spoken to them for a while. You don't want to ask for their help. But it's the same with the other way around. You don't want to feel like you're asking, you know, too much and, and bothering someone else, asking them if they're all right. It, it's, it works both ways. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I don't know what you think about that, uh, that Ray, but. I think the support is there, but you know, within the um, sort of the NHS. But in this day and age, obviously, I can't. I've I've been told there's a, a one year waiting list for me to get a counsellor. A one year waiting list already. So it's so important, isn't it, to actually lean on your friends, or you know, consequently help your friends in this time, because talking is the most valuable. Uh, you know, thing you can do, I think, really, at the moment in this sort of current climate. Oh, I think Ray's on mute. Ray on mute. Yeah. Ray, you can't hear you. 
put me sorry i tell I sometimes there i tell you my cough uh, if i'm if i'm writing or something or i'm clicking on the keyboard um no problem. <laughs> if i get to uh, turn it back on um but what, what i was saying was sometimes you don't know which of your friends actually might be a really good listener and actually yeah will be able to give you some support and advice um or whoever it might be you know when you talk we've we've seen uh, sadly without going into politics funds are available for all sorts of things and there could be more funds available for mental health treatments but as i said without going too politically they choose not to invest in the right areas that will help more people uh, and that that's that's just the way it is um but uh, you talked about looking for easy and sometimes it is in the nhs and with uh, some counselors they're looking for easy solutions they're looking for something that fits all now i've seen um, mm. groups where you've got totally different people who've got totally different problems in the same uh, counseling group yeah. um and you know it's not helping some people. It's a total waste of time because it's not what they need. You can feel it, mm. but you, that sometimes sometimes it makes it worse as well. That's the problem, yeah. isn't it? That can actually make people yeah. worse. It because, makes you more anxious sometimes. Yeah. Well, yeah. You've gone to you've got. Sometimes they look at that. Um, are you going? Uh, doctor said to me first time I said something to him. He said, "Are you going to talk yourself?" I said, "No," and he said, "Okay, all right." That's the first thing. They send you to a group and. Sometimes I'm sure people at the group say, well, it's not working for me. And they think, well, nothing will work for me. And then they just disappear because mm. the starting point wasn't good. And, I, I, uh, you know, people who watch me on my channel, I always try and relate things to life, what's happened. And um, I'll I, I tell you uh, st stories. Many years ago, we're going back uh, nearly 20 years, I, I uh, was a recruitment consultant for a company, a uh, big company. I, I lasted a month. Uh, they were really, you know... I tend not to get on people who are unscrupulous, uh, unprofessional, uh, and sometimes I speak my mind. And it doesn't really work too well if you're a new boy speaking your mind. But I, I remember this. Um, I, I was an, I used to be an accountant, so I was working with accountants, and there's this one lad. He'd been about 21, 22, 23, something like that. He just qualified from a small firm of accountants up in the north. And the recruitment agency wanted to send him. In those days, it was the, it was the big five. So it's big five accountancy firms. And they're a business. They view people as uh, a commodity. So they didn't view him as an individual. They viewed him as a commodity. And they didn't prep him. They sent him for the first interview with one of the big five. He was absolutely rubbish. Uh, well, I won't call it rubbish. That's harsh. He, he was unprepared. He had no idea what he was in, uh, letting himself in for. And he made a total mess of it. And they pulled him from all the other big interviews. Um, and um, after I got fired after a month, um, I was I, actually, before I even went, I was warned, don't stay more than a year. Go there, get some good training, and then leave. Um, by an owner of another business, uh, recruitment business down in London. Um, but anyway, so this guy, um, you know, and they, they had him basically bottom feeding they, they weren't really willing to work on him. They might send him to some low-level interviews and whatever. Um, and then when I left, I still had his number on my phone. I said, I'll give him a call. So I called him, called him up. I remember meeting him um, for a, an hour, an hour and a half. And the thing is, I, I find a lot, there's a, a lot of people who are, um, they lack self-confidence, they're nervous, they're anxious, they've got whatever problems. And my purpose with him well, I was just there for a chat, was to give him some self-confidence uh, and help him 
to to actually um, get through an interview without you know mm. getting all nervous and 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 to prepare him. And and it's the same way with counselling. You, you you know if you're unlucky, you get that big organisation who want to deal with you quickly are only think and they're only thinking about the money, the throughput. Get him in, get him a job. All right, you do. Oh, you're difficult to work with. You're not going to be you're not going to be an easy sell. And then they push him away. And I I, went, I remember when I went to an interview at a firm in London. Uh, I think it was them. And one of the directors said to me, um, he was talking about different uh, different candidates. And he basically just said, you know, we want the A1 candidates. The guys who pass their exams first time, they're an easy placement. The guys lower down, they're hard work. We don't want them. And it feels sometimes you get the same with counselling and, and, with and with some of the services offered where they just think they want to deal with you easily. And if they can't deal with you easily, then they push you to one side. This guy... Uh, I'll go back to the story. You know, I, I prepped him, got him ready. Um, I mean, it's 20 years ago. I remember his And it's that, you know, imp imprinted in my mind. I remember his name. I remember who he worked for. I remember everything. And got him an interview, got the job. In fact, in a place that he said it's too far to go and work because you changed his mentality. And, you know, I, I've got one more story, a very, very similar. There was a kid down in London and he was a qualified accountant. He'd done his exams and everything. And he was working for six quid an hour. This was back around that time as well as a bookkeeper because it was the same company, the same big firm of uh, um, uh, recruitment consultants who actually sponsor Manchester City. So uh, I'm not, <laughs> I'm, uh, you know, I'm quite happy to say who they are. <laughs> uh, so it's his, okay? And they were getting this guy, they were sending him out, I remember, to a charity uh, for, and he was getting paid six quid an hour. They were, get, they were getting paid loads uh, for sending him out. And they didn't ever bother to work on him because he was hard work. He had a, a really bad stutter. He lacked self-confidence and he was just going to be a weak candidate. So the easiest thing was, was just to rake in the money off him. Uh, so I, I, I don't know how I, I got hold of this, this kid. Uh, I was up in Manchester. He was down in Rochester, down in Kent. Got on a train, went to see him on Saturday at my own uh, pocket. And I spent an, another one. I spent an hour with him, prepping him um, and helping to build people's self-confidence to explain to them. Um, when you go, this is my whole premise about doing an interview. Uh, when you go into an interview, the people who are interviewing you actually want to employ you. If they didn't want to employ you, they wouldn't ask you to go for an interview. The person who's interview, interviewing you is usually quite senior. Uh, some of the firms I work for, I mean, some of the partners back in uh, to, uh, around 2000, they were charging a grand an hour to clients, okay? Mm. Now, if that partner or senior manager is going to spend an hour with you, that's an hour they can't charge out to a cl uh, client. So they're willing to invest their time, effort, and money in interviewing you. Turn it around. Don't go in there thinking, oh, I'm, I'm, you know, I, I, I'm going to struggle here. Uh, so it was, for me, it was changing their mindset and, and, and to say, this guy wants to employ you. That's why he, you're there. And it's the same with, uh, I try and say it's similar with counseling. You've got to find someone who will invest the time. The, as, as you said, Andrew, the right person, you know, you need a bit of luck. You do need a bit of luck yeah. to find the right counselor and then stick, stick with them if you can, because you want someone who will invest in you, invest the time for you. Not, you know, as, as I said, the recruitment stuff, not to make money. Because I, when I worked in recruitment, it, my, I, my plan was I want to give my clients a good service. I want to give my candidates a good service. And I'm going to make some money out of it. But I'll make the money by doing a good job. 
and that's it. Give the quality service. So you're right, but you, you, you do need to find the right person. And it might not be a counsellor. It might be one of your friends. You know, this is what I mean. Absolutely. It's very important. You don't know who, you know, and, and those guys had their, they had mental health issues or anxiety issues or um, uh, paranoia or whatever. They had some issues with self, a lot with self-confidence because you've got a bad stutter. Um, um, it's going to affect, it can affect you. And it was affecting this kid. You know, he was he's like this and within an hour he was open up because he could see a plan. He could see a way out, you know, and it was a lot of preparation. And, yeah, he got the job. His mother rang me up, extremely happy, crying on the phone once he got the job because he looked like he was just going to bounce around doing, you know, low-level uh, jobs for his qualifications because of that thing. And no one was willing to invest in him. So mm -hmm. you know, he didn't realise that it was going to be the, the recruitment consultant guy that was going to make him feel suddenly uh, from a nervous um, lacking self-confidence kind of guy into somebody who's going to transform. And he was like a flower had opened. And, you know, I remember after he did this second interview, the way he talked to me was totally different from the first time I'd spoken mm. to him. He was a lot more positive. He was laughing about mistakes he'd made and stuff. And you think you saw... Um, you know, you cut yourself up about it, not physically, but you, you know, inside that you, you've messed this up. And he was laughing about it, and he got the job, and everything worked out. So, you know, it is you do need a bit of luck. You do need a bit of luck. But yeah, if you say absolutely. nothing, it's very hard for the luck to find you. It's like in life, and it's very hard for the luck to find you. You've got to go out and, you know, maybe step outside your comfort zone, talk to your friends, and you'll find that there'll be someone there who's willing to talk, willing to listen, and who actually can make a difference. Very much so. I, I can't agree with you more. Uh, and I've worked in accountancy recruitment myself as well at uh, sort of <laughs> at that level. And I know exactly what you're on about. That's why it really hits home because uh, if they're not an ACA, they, they, were, they weren't interested. And uh, yeah. it was driving me mad most of the time. But um, yeah, I'm glad to be out of, of all that. It was uh, horrific. But um, I think what you mentioned as well, really sort of rings home with about the sort of the, the group of friends that you sort of build up initially as well, because, you know, you really find out who your true friends are during these times of difficulty. And because I've been a sort of, well, I, I can only describe myself as a nomad, really. I've never really settled anywhere. I've never really settled down any roots. And since I was in the Midlands, I initially uh, sort of met my you know my ex-wife and, and all my friends because I'm not from this area from London originally but uh, you know living in uh, Tamworth where when I did uh, when I met her you know all the friends I got were from her circle you know her her friends other halves and all that sort of stuff people she introduced me to as soon as we separated I was dropped like a stone you know from all of them no contact overnight you know and you think they're your friends they weren't obviously they were just acquaintances same thing happened when i moved over to hinkley and you know, met my, my previous partner built up a group of friends uh, that you know she introduced me to and we, we were actually had a great time you know we we're going out every pretty much every weekend we were out going to the pub to to gigs to to clubs and we thought we were having, you know you built up a really good um, group of friends this time and as soon as we split up exactly the same thing happens 
you know, and you really know who your friends are in that sort of time. So when you've got a, a you know a good friend that you can confide in, you know, use them and, and make sure you are a good friend to the people that you, you you know you say you're a friend to, because there's nothing worse than thinking that you've got a good big group of friends and then they all turn out to be complete waste of time, you know, and uh, you know fake. So I can't sort of stress that enough. Sorry, I was just going to say uh, as well, uh, you're, I mean, you're absolutely right with what you say, Andrew. And I think some people don't even realise that, that the effect that that can have on people, um, like from my own experiences as well, just um, from when I really try to reach out to, to certain people, I'm not, I'm not going to name names or anything like that, but, you know, the people close, some people close to me where I had kind of reached out and, and sort of said these things and, I think uh, it, was, it was something that, um, that, that I think maybe Richard was saying earlier about well, some people don't actually know um, kind of how to deal with, 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 with uh, certain issues when, when you speak to them about it. And, uh, and as a result of that, when they don't kind of uh, provide that emotional support that you need or in, indeed, you know, kind of very much dismiss what you're saying to them out of hand, it's 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 devastating. It, it it can be absolutely devastating and really m massively affecting your the, the way that you you kind of reach out to anyone else as well. It, it can just kind of make you go even further into yourself. Um, I know that, that I I found myself in in that situation, and as a result of that, just really convinced myself. Well, okay then they don't want they don't want to talk to me about it and and like perhaps this is just something that i need to keep to myself and as a result of that as because i kept it to myself i ended up reaching absolute rock bottom and it was at that point where i had to it it was that thing where you go we have to just chuck all that all that stuff that that's going on in your head saying well nobody wants to hear from me or this or that out of the window and i phoned up a friend who a good friend again who i hadn't seen in a really really long time and i, I knew he'd, he'd uh, struggled with some mental health issues in the past as well and i i, I just rang him up and i explained it just literally probably went on for about 20 minutes without him saying a word and just kind of him going yeah mm, yeah uh -huh. and and he said yeah look come on over like we'll get outside we'll walk around the park we'll take the dog for a walk you know we can chat some more um and that was really was, I mean, it was, has been a, a, a very difficult and long road back um, because a, a lot of the time you don't, when, when you don't even realise how bad your mental health is and how much it's slipping and, and until you get to that point, when you feel, feel that you're getting better, you, you don't actually realise that you're not better. You're just at that previous point where you thought you were okay but actually you you really weren't okay mm -hmm. um so it is, I mean, it is a really really long road back but you're absolutely right the right mm. support isn't it you know well how long did that guy that you phoned up you, you spent 20 minutes on the phone with him you went over to see him how long did yeah. sort of, did you spend with him uh, uh, you know did he sort of give from his day just you know to walk around the park with you and talk to you I mean, an hour, two hours, maybe. I don't. I don't know. Yeah, we spent, we spent those, those two hours. How? I mean, 
those two hours literally i'm not i'm not saying this is this, this is for you but if you did, did that for someone it could save someone's life literally it could make someone think i am cared for you know i've got a, you know a, a friend who actually cares what happens to me you know uh, it's it's so important you don't you do not understand how that's exactly uh, by that's giving exactly giving some right. of your time to someone is so so valuable it's uh, it's incredible you know i can't sort of stress that enough really and just just this i mean when you're actually locked up or, or you know in the lockdown and you know you may be feeling a bit bored and a bit down on yourself and, and your phone goes from a, a friend who maybe you haven't spoken to for a couple of months and you're thinking oh you know i can't be asked to talk to someone at the moment and you just let it ring out or something let it go to voicemail the person on the other, the other end of that phone could have been you, Chappers, that day when you were at rock bottom. You, do you know what I mean? It's just by giving that 20 minutes on that phone call, how valuable was that to you at that point? I mean, it's how um, it's literally invaluable, I, isn't it? That's that 20... Zemo, it was the pivotal point for me. It really, really was to actually be able to... To know, you know, we, like I say, we went on over and, you know, spent the afternoon, uh, like we walked around the park, went back to his house, like listened to some music, drank tea, chatted about stuff. And he he, he said, look, you know, when I was in this situation, have you listened to, uh, like he recommended um, a podcast, um, some particular uh, episodes of a podcast, the Blind Boy podcast, where he talks a lot about mental health and stuff. He said, have a listen, you know. Um, and it, it, that really was like the, the very first step for me onto onto like a new uh, uh yeah, well, a, a new a different chapter a different part of, of my life and a different way of of looking at, at life i suppose um and i mean the one, the one thing i'll say is that like i i know i know that like i'll, I'll it, it'll never be the same again and i'll always be sort of i suppose i'll always not realize that i have that i am fragile but that, that at the same time i know i know when i'm feeling fragile now and 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 you know i know, know that, that there are things certain things that i can do and that i'm able to do to kind of make me or help me sort of out of that that situation or out of that hole you know i just think what we all need to maybe be aware of as well is that you know, not every single one of our friends are going to be in a position where they can deal with our problems as well, you know, and sometimes just because they don't or they're not able to at any particular time doesn't mean that they're abandoning us or they don't understand or they don't want to help. It just means that maybe sometimes they're not able to deal with our stuff as well because of maybe stuff that they've got going on or their own life at the time. So, you know, I think it's important not to sometimes, I think it's easy sometimes to think, oh, well, they wasn't there for me. Well, maybe they wasn't there for us because they had other issues as well. And I think that sometimes it's important to remember that because not everybody is always able to help when we need it because our needs are sometimes, you know, um, really important to us at that particular time. Other people have got their other stuff as well, their own stuff to deal with. So sometimes I think it's important to remember that. I mean, I, you know, I don't want 
to make anybody else feel guilty for feeling that they wasn't there when they maybe could have been when they mm. had their own stuff to deal with as well. Do you see what I mean? And I think it's important that we don't necessarily put all of our stuff onto other people and expect them to be there, even though they've got their own stuff as well, I think as well. But yes, it's important that if, if we can, if we're able to, to try to help people if we can, because, you know, it's, it's not easy, is it? It's, it's a, it's a tough world out there you know and there's lots of stuff that happens and lots of stuff that goes on and we've all got to deal with and um i think if nothing else can come out of all of this um covid stuff that we've had to deal with for the last sort of eight nine months and we might have to deal with it for another four or five months as well it's that i think that it has maybe made a lot more people appreciate things a little bit more and understand a little bit more that all these things that we took for granted maybe in our lives you know forever we've always took certain things for granted haven't we that have been taken away and I think maybe if all of this stuff can maybe make us realise that and appreciate things a little bit more, then I think we will all be able to maybe be a little bit more understanding of other people and understanding of other situations because, you know, we're all having to deal with our own difficulties in our lives, aren't we? And, you know, everybody's – and, you know, people – what what annoys me as well is when people say, you know, for example, you talked about um, – the footballers before that have maybe been in depression and have had these mental health problems. And, you know, people say, oh, how can a footballer earning millions and millions of pounds be depressed? Or how can a rock star be depressed? Well, yeah, their life is different to our lives, but it doesn't mean that they they can't suffer from the same kind of things in a different way, isn't it? I mean, it's ridiculous to assume that they won't just because they've got more money than you have or they've got more fame than you have or they've got a bigger house or a bigger car. That's irrelevant because that's not what affects your mental health anyway or not. It isn't what cures your mental health, is it? If having loads of money was the answer to everything, then, you know, that wouldn't be happening, would it? Um, And it clearly isn't, is it? So um, It's been going on for years, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, I, and I, that does annoy me when, when people when people kind of say that, really. You know, how, how can how can a, a Premier League footballer be depressed? Or how can a Premier League footballer feel like this? That? Well, of course they can, because they're human. And all human aren't the same, are they? Everybody deals with problems in a different way. Some people can go through a really, really bad time in their life, come out stronger the other side. Some people can go through not half as much stuff and really struggle. And that's just the way that people are. And it makes no difference what, what you've got in terms of, you know... Um, you know, material things really are irrelevant in a lot of ways anyway. It doesn't really matter, does it? That's not going to, that's not the answer to your problems. If you think they are, then you're just going to encounter more and more problems and more stuff that you get. You know, it's all sometimes you've got to first, it all to get to what so you the, need. The, the, exactly. The first one time I come across anything like this in my childhood was um, Justin Fashionu. When, you know, he, uh, it was all suddenly in the news that, you know, he'd, uh, he, he killed himself and, you know, when you find out, you know, the reasons why and everything, what and what he must have been going through, you think, because I, I thought, it's like you're saying, when I was a little kid, I thought, why, why has he done that? Because he's a famous footballer and, you know, yeah. he's you explain to me. Yeah. Absolutely. And then you, yeah. you look and he's going all the way through the, the, the time, you know, all these people that killed themselves from Kurt Cobain all the way through to, you know, Robin Williams, uh, for example, oh, Gary, Gary Speed. 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 Gary Speed is a big yeah. one. And yeah. They're all people. Just, I mean, when we were kids, we looked up to them and thought, "That's the life we want. We want to be a footballer. We want to be a rock star. We want to. We want to live that life." So, how can someone who lives that life be that depressed? They want to kill himself. We, you, you can't get your head around it, can you? Because you, no, you can't. No, it, 
on it. But exactly. as you go through life itself, you should be able to be able to hopefully pick up a little bit of perspective and realise that no matter what how your life is, no matter what you've got and what you've achieved, you can still suffer with the same issues that anybody else can because we're all human beings and that's the way it is, unfortunately. You know, and human beings are, are flawed. We're all flawed and we've just got to be able to understand that, that we're all essentially the same. It makes no difference, you know, whether you're living on the street in a cardboard box because you've had a terrible life and or if you're a millionaire with a big massive mansion you're still a human being and you're still going to suffer or potentially suffer exactly the same way and i think people need to sometimes understand that a little bit more as well and be a little bit more people just because they might be better off than you or live technically a better life than you doesn't mean they don't have problems and their problems aren't just as serious as someone else's and you know sometimes more serious because they've got the extra pressure of living that lifestyle that's in the public eye we can we can go and hide away in a corner no one has to know and it's fine. But if you're living that lifestyle, if you have any little problems, suddenly you've got people outside your house, you've got your phone ringing constantly, and it's even worse, isn't it? So it's probably worse for them than it is for us because we don't have to well, fight it in that same exactly. way. It's, it's an illness. People who, you know, yeah. it's getting more and more out in the open that it's an illness just in the same way as any other illnesses which needs treating. Yeah. And what you said earlier, Richard, is exactly right. You know, you, were not, you, know, you can't blame anyone for... You know, not uh, understanding, not, you know, not quite being mm. there, not answering that phone. But what we need to do is make sure that just to try and, and uh, make a little trigger that when someone's phone does go off and it is someone that they maybe not have spoken to for a little while, just, you know, it, as long as it's a, like, a little trigger to in the head to say, oh, I, I should answer that. I should answer that because, why, you know, this it has it's it's unusual. This person hasn't phoned me for two months or whatever just that giving that time like what happened to chappers if you did make you double think and say i'm going to answer that phone rather than rolling your eyes and thinking oh, i'm not in the mood today mm. that could be yeah. a, a big 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 thing for for someone on the other end of that phone and it could be a turning point like it was for chappers that time yeah, um sure. that, that, that right ray i mean <laughs> I don't know what else to sort of say on that sort of subject, but it's, it, I can't stress enough how important that could actually be to someone's day, you know, and, and life moving forward just by doing that and giving that time, like, like you, you mentioned in your story as well. Yeah, I mean, well, my mate rang me yesterday and I, I couldn't take the call, um, but at least send a, a text message or something, at least have some contact. Mm. Give Sometimes it gives them something to look forward to. I said, you know, give me a call tomorrow. I'll be home. Uh, I'll be available all day. Okay. Uh, and then he, he called me this evening. We had a chat well over an hour, uh, just catching mm. up. And because I know he's been stuck at home for, um, you know, whatever, uh, eight months, um, you know. And before that, he was stuck at home because he, he, he was all bashed up. Uh, so, you know, at least have some contacts. If you can't take the call, at least send them a message and say, look, I'm, I'm busy, but you know, um, call me in, in an hour or I'll give you a call in an hour or something and, and make sure you do it. Uh, and, and sometimes, as, and I, 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 as I said, I always look back into my life and uh, when I worked in the NHS and, and we used to look at, um, there was something called free, frequent flyers. Now, a frequent flyer was somebody who would go to hospital uh, back in the day uh, and they'd go regularly throughout the year and there's usually nothing wrong with them. And they cost the NHS a lot of money. Uh, and in, in those days, you had, um, I remember one instance where someone would go in on a Friday night, might have breathing problems or, or something, and there's a test that they needed to do. They, know they weren't going to die or something, but there's a test they want to do, but there's no one there. And that person might be there Friday night, Saturday night, Sunday night. 
On Monday, they have the test and all clear to go away. That's That three-night stay might cost the NHS £1,000. And so we will. Uh, I was looking, working with the practice manager, looking at getting a. You know, how can we stop them staying for three three nights? Can we somehow do something out in the community? So instead of going to hospital, they've got certain issue. They can come to us. We can get that test done. It's much much cheaper uh, out in the community, and they don't need to go to hospital. And that's a thousand pounds potentially saved. Um, and we looked at the biggest category of frequent flyers. When you look at them. <laughs> was single men living on their own past pensionable age. I think that was right. A huge chunk of people. And a lot of it is people are just lonely. And they were going mm. to hospital with not much wrong with them, yeah. but they sometimes being kept in overnight for observation, and there's not much wrong with them. And, and it was because they had really nothing else. Possibly they had no social life. They had nothing to look forward to. And so sometimes if you say to, you know, someone calls you, you can't take it, you know, you're busy or whatever. You say, I'll give, I'll give you a call in an hour. I'll, you know, I'll at least send them a message uh, to, to show that you are there and you are prepared to listen. Or it might be like I said to my mate, I'll, you know, give us a buzz tomorrow. So you don't know how much of an impact that will have on the other person. Cause that person might say, Oh yeah, I'll give him a call tomorrow. I've got, he's got something to look forward to. You know, when I started doing a lot of live streams about 18 months ago, and I wasn't intending to do a live stream every day. Um, uh, and then people started sending me messages from all over the world and say, you know, I really appreciate what you're doing you know, every night, nine o'clock, whatever. I appreciate what you're doing. You talk, it's a light hard to talk about football, about city, obviously, uh, and then life in general. And people, you know, it's just interaction. And people were saying, I've got depression, I've got mental health problems. And you could see that it was something they looked forward to every day. I feel a bit of obligation to keep it. Sometimes you don't want to do it, but you still do it because you know there are people who are look, who look forward to it. And you know there are people out there, and you know we, we could have all been there ourselves, where you know, at some point you're at a low point in your life, or you've not got a big social uh, circle, or whatever, whatever's going on in your life, and to have something to look forward to can make a huge difference. And you know I won't go into a lot of the stuff I do, uh, maybe another, another time. But it's trying to you know. I try and do stuff where I can bring people together who might not normally come together with other people, whether it's virtually or physically, um, and for an hour or two, interact. And you know, I do stuff where you don't have to interact if you don't want. You can just watch what uh, stuff we do. Um, and I'll, I'll tell you a little bit, but I, I'm a, I work with soap bubbles these days most of the time if I'm not doing football stuff. And I invite people to come along um, – so I put stuff out on social media and say, this is where I'm going to go tomorrow or something. This is the time. Just come along. Some people come to just watch what we're doing. It's something different. Just I send a few, put a few pictures out there. They can see, all right. Some people just come and watch. Some people come and take part. But for that one or two hours that we're there, you know, people say, I feel you, you, you're in a different world because you're not in your normal world. And for some people, mm -hmm. that that's what makes the difference. That you know, from that one or two hours, you're outside your um, the problems that you've got, and you're in a different world. And so, what I try and say to people is, is, I know it might be difficult, but try and find something to do, whether it, even if it's something new and something different. Definitely, yeah. And it's and it's hard, but for me, I, I'm happy when I'm busy. If I'm if I'm not busy, I'm bored, and it's 
you know, I'm sat there eating or, or whatever, and then then complaining about you know uh, about my weight or whatever, and my knees can't handle my belly. Um, uh, but when you, <laughs> but the thing is, when you're busy, all those a lot of your worries go away, and it doesn't work for everybody. But it's it's try and find something, and it might it might just be doing podcasts or doing videos like this, or you know. <clears throat> And so you've got so much to look forward to or going, you know, with a new group once a week to do something. And it doesn't have to be something that costs you money. And it might just be, you know, something I did many, many years ago was started rambling. And I never went rambling. And I just thought, yeah, I'll go for a walk. And then you, you suddenly find lots of groups there and you go meet people and you go off to the Lake District for the weekend uh, with about four or five people and got some tents and whatever. And it doesn't have to be expensive or you can do other stuff, but just find something that maybe you didn't do as a kid. And you know, and maybe it's something that you think, oh, I don't want to do that, or you look down on it. It's it you need to force yourself because I've been in that position uh, whereby I have no motivation to do anything, you know. And when you get into that situation, it's really hard to get out of, and you literally have to end up forcing yourself to do something. And um, once you do, little by little, that some something that you're forcing yourself to do becomes. A little bit longer each time and you spend a little bit more time doing it and before long it's actually starting to take up most of your day or a whole afternoon for example and it, that, that is exactly really important what you just said that i think when you're actually in that situation you, you just think it's you literally think or i did anyway everything's pointless what's the point in, i'm not going what's the point in doing that you know it's it's a waste of time you know, I just end up sending, spending the, the whole day just laying on a sofa or whatever. But I think there's a time and a place for doing that. I don't think you should knock yourself for and, and sort of, you know, criticise yourself for doing that on occasions because sometimes that's exactly what you need. But when you can do something, you should. And you should really try and force yourself. Uh, whether you, even if you just buy like a cheap bike off eBay or facebook marketplace or something for you know whatever you can afford you just go out on your bike for a little while just clear your head in it an hour on your bike is exercise for the mind as well as exercise for your body as well and yeah like you and, and it's important race well when you see you, you start going out walking for example if you're a person that goes everywhere in the car that's fine but when you do start walking around your local area you see things that you didn't even notice before as well things like that and maybe bump into someone that you haven't uh, seen for a while and uh, can have a chat there as well so yeah i think that's a really important point that you made there about you know doing stuff and keeping yourself occupied mind and body yeah another quick point is don't don't necessarily oh, wait till you're, you're always there right sorry go on ray uh, one, i'll come, come to your second chat because that can be very difficult yeah, sorry. I was going to say, don't wait till you're at your lowest ebb because that could, when you're really down, that could be extremely difficult to motivate yourself, motivate yourself to get out and do something. Um, just, you know, it, when you're in in a good, hopefully a good situation in your life, go try something new, try something different, try you know, and that might help you in 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 a dark time. But don't wait till you're, in, you know, don't think it'll never happen to me. Don't wait till you're in a dark place before you go outside your comfort zone because. Uh, as you said, Andrew, when you're low, you, you, your motivation's low as well. So do it when you got, you're in a better place if you can. Yeah, 
a lockdown is an opportunity to do things like that and learn new things yeah. and do something that you haven't done for a while or put you've been putting off for a while. I'm actually going to just just take this opportunity as well just to go through a lot of the yeah. um, the comments here before we start sort of uh, wrapping up. And I do really, really, really want to um, thank everyone for for actually tuning in tonight as well and, and getting involved. Um, there's a lot of you here. Miss Molina has put comments in saying thanks, Andrew and Chappers, for setting up this stream tonight. It's a very sensitive topic that not a lot of people are comfortable talking about. So big up to all of you for doing this. Thank you very much. It's uh, you know, like I said earlier, right at the start of the show, it's a difficult one to, uh, to get started. But I'm so so glad that. Uh, I forced myself to do it, like we were talking about just then as well. And she's also put, especially during the lockdown and times like these, you really know who your true friends are, who care to check up on you, call you, and even spare some time out of their day for a chat. It's so important. I think that's one of the most important things we've said tonight, really, as well. She's also congratulated you, Richard, about winning the quiz on Ryan's channel yesterday as well. So congratulations about that, mate. Yeah, I'm sure, no, you know, you, you must be getting boring winning every week now. Well, well, it's always... <laughs> I, I, I pray about that. It's not boring winning, is it, Ray? <laughs> <laughs> I see, well, you, 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 it's, you can't win at football, so you've got to find something else to win at, you know. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> well, <it's made> <laughs> Apart from the odd semi-final here and there, but there we go. Oh, yeah. Anyway, it's... I'll talk about FA Cup. <laughs> you guys, you guys, you know, you're bantered to um, killing me. It's so important to talk to people whom you can trust rather than building up frustrations and anxieties within yourself. I couldn't, couldn't put it better myself. And Richard winning the quiz yesterday affected Melvin's meant... Um, I've just got to scroll past it. Hang on a second. I think I've just gone past the one I was just halfway through reading. Uh, what that is behind me? Oh, yeah, we are. Richard's is winning. The... We know what it is. <laughs> <laughs> it's got to be done. Uh, Richard yeah. winning the quiz yesterday affected Melvin's mental health so much that he took his shirt off on stream. Just kidding, all banter. That didn't happen, did it? Seriously, he didn't it take did, his shirt did, off. Did. You want to watch that back, actually, Andrew? Did he? Oh my god. Top off, and he got a question right. Yeah, fair play, Melbourne. I, 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 I don't want to watch that. I don't, no, you don't. Watch that. No, I, 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 I don't particularly want to watch it either. No, it's <laughs> <laughs> no, it, that was great. <laughs> uh, uh, Mark Darby, thanks for watching to get this. Well, Mark and Melvin, um, happy to say, Chappers, I love that Herbert Chapman memorial shirt you've got on there. That's the Eduardo one, isn't it? I, I think of Eduardo when I see that shirt. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, very much, very much so. Uh, question for the panel: What advice would you give people of a lower income bracket on effective ways to seek help for depression? I think pretty much what we've just been talking about. Wouldn't you say, guys, about you know? A, not being afraid to ask for help from, from your group yeah. of friends. And B, also forcing yourself out of your comfort zone to do something and keep your mind occupied. I think overthinking, sitting down and just thinking and stewing and overthinking on stuff is very, very dangerous when you're actually in that situation. And again, you know, from experience, I know that to be a fact. Um, so keeping your mind occupied is, is very important. On, I mean, I, I think as well... Um, 
you know, your oh, income and stuff shouldn't really be a barrier to, to getting help that you need. But what, what I think is important to remember is now what I found is Google has got a lot of stuff on there that you can find that will help, you know, whether it's watching videos from people, um, whether it's reading articles, there's loads of stuff on Google that will help with mental health, with depression, with all kinds of stuff. Um, and I know sometimes it's difficult when you're feeling down and you're feeling bad and you don't, you've got no motivation to do anything. Like I think Ray said before, don't wait until that point, do it before, you know, find articles, find videos. And then what you can do is in, in your load times when you feel like you can't do anything, you've got them there straight at hand and you can just watch something or read something and it will be able to help you. So there's lots of stuff out there, you know. Yes, there's, there's people and friends hopefully can help you as well. But sometimes there are other things that you can find that you don't necessarily need to pay for that you can find online that will be a massive help. And that sometimes can be... Um, can actually be better than, you know, just trawling around, spending lots of money on different therapies that won't work. You know, you can maybe yeah. find stuff online that, that maybe will, and it's definitely worth, I, I say, maybe maybe do them when, when you feel able to, and then you've got it there ready for you yeah, when you need it. Chappers, you say something? I think there's, um, I, yeah, yeah, I was just going to say that um, I think that, that Google actually do have a service now now where you can chat to an actual counselor i think it's google that do it you can chat to an actual counselor online much in the same way that you do with like a you know like a customer service chat type thing now i know that that's not ideal but at the same time you know if if you really feel like you need to reach out and talk to someone you haven't got someone that you can talk to um about your mental health and that is something that you can do but i mean I, for me and i've I think this is like an age-old, an age-old sort of solution, uh, or, or certain not maybe not a solution, but something that that would definitely kind of minimise the effects of anyone feeling uh, anxiety or depression or, or any other sort of mental health issues. Is that um, for? I, I think that community is a really, really important part of. Um, of making uh, people feel happy and feel safe uh, within where they are. Um, and I think that um, whatever way that you can find that community, whether it is just talking to friends or joining clubs or whatever, whatever, whatever that may be, uh, uh, certainly joining a, a new thing isn't an easy thing to do. But um, I think that the... May I say Twitter, yeah, keep those 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 links that you have, those community links, and just try and keep your community as wide as you can, um, and try and make yourself feel like you're part of that community. That is definitely something mm -hmm. I think that that can certainly ease some worries and issues that you might have with your mental health without having to to necessarily spend the earth on it absolutely yeah and I, may i say also music helped me a lot i don't know i know that people aren't as into music as you know as the next person but i you know i've always loved music and it's a big always been a big part of my life and i think that actually lift, listening to um, music that you know is uplifting that you know you've loved in the past and it really can trigger good memories as well from certain times of your life. I don't, I don't know if you guys find that, but I do. I think that when you listen to a certain song, it can, it triggers memories of, of 
yeah, gigs that you've been into in the past, nights out, you've had friends, certain times of your life, and it can really actually inspire you. I, I just think that the only the only problem that can be sometimes if so if you're feeling in a certain way and you hear a song that reminds you of a good time in your life, it actually makes you feel worse about how you're feeling at that time. So you need to be aware of that. It can yeah. be sometimes. That's all. And sometimes yeah. I, you know, I, lo I love music and I, you know, but so, certain songs with certain memories, good memories in your life, when you're feeling really bad and down at that particular time, it actually makes you feel worse. You, Why can't I feel like I did then? So sometimes, you know, you have to be careful with that. I actually like listening to depressing songs when I'm feeling down because it makes it cheers me up feeling someone else is actually feeling worse than me because they've written this depressing <laughs> song. That was, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> different different things appeal to different people, and they'll, different things will pick yeah, up. Yeah. That's why it's useful when, as I said, when you're in a good space, to try lots of different things because you might find something that is uplifting yeah. that will pick you up and that will, you know, uh, be useful at a time when yeah. you are alive. And if you tried lots of different, and it's, it might not be easy. It's certainly not for me. Half of my life is I don't want to try something new because I'm going to be bad at it or I'm going to be embarrassing and people are going to laugh at me. And half the time, and do it. Just go, you know, see what happens. And if you fall, get up, keep going. So I've got these, uh, you know, competing uh, emotions. But once you get out and do it, and hopefully you'll get over the, the negative uh, feelings. And you might not go and do that again. You know, the first time I went kickboxing, I got kicked in the face. I didn't go back and do that again because, you know, I got kicked in the face. But then I went out and did something else. And I find something else that uh, where I didn't get kicked in the face and I enjoyed it. So, you know, it might, might be playing Scrabble or, you know, there's, there's, a, there's lots of things online as well that you can do. You know, I, I spent hours playing online Scrabble. You know, it might be rubbish, but, you know, it, it, sometimes it is online and sometimes it's... You want physical interaction, but try lots of different things. Um, and if you, you know, most, and you've got to remember, most people won't be there to laugh at you. And I think that's hard. To, you know, if, if you're worried about that, it's hard to accept. Most people want to help you. They don't want to laugh at you. It's like going for the interview. They want you to have a good time. They want you to, you know, be involved. They want you to come back every week to do whatever activity uh, activity it is. So just try it. As I said, don't wait till you're down. Try lots of different things. Find something exactly, you like. Yeah. I mean, it might be when you are down, you say, well, I did that a month ago, and I really enjoy that. And maybe that will be the spur, the motivation to go and do that thing, which might – it's not a, 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 definite, a definite cure, but it might help you a little bit. And sometimes that little step – Break something down as well, I found. Say for argument's sake, you've got a, a room that you've been wanting to decorate for ages and ages, but you know that, you know, it's, it's getting the motivation to do it, it seems like a massive task to do that when you're feeling really low. Break it down, you know, and say, right, well, I'm going to do that bit, of, I'm going to do that side of the bedroom today, you know, and, and do it like that. And at the same time, Put put some of those tunes on that you used to, you know, that, that you like. Put some of that type of music on that you like, and, and whilst you're doing it, you may end up surprising yourself. I, I know I did when I was uh, doing that situation. I, I ended up quite enjoying it much more than I thought I was going to, and I did it a lot more than I actually planned. And and then it gives you a bit of a sense of uh, overachievement. It, it was good, but if you break down a task to give yourself to, to do that day. 
just go for it just really try and force yourself to do it because you might surprise yourself you may not but it, it's definitely these sorts of things are worth trying breaking down a task into smaller bite size um chunks if you like and uh, there's a few more comments here um thanking you miss Melinda saying thanks chaplain for having the courage to share that story that you uh, went through and during these lockdowns talking to people in uh, your circle is very important rather than secluding yourself from others and uh, mark darby motivation is the key and i agree walking in the countryside is, is a fantastic remedy um let's just have a quick look down here don't miss any other ones out uh, a few more comments about that quiz. I, must, I, must think I really missed out yesterday, Richard. I think I would have whipped your ass to be perfectly it honest. Absolutely amazing. It was a really good quiz. And I'll say Melvin Melvin took his top off as well, which made it even better. So. Well, yeah, that, a little bit sick would have come up into my mouth, I would imagine. <laughs> seeing that no, no, it's, it's fine. It was fine. You know, we all cope. So it's good. <laughs> and uh, Mark Darby sort of briefed the, like the, on the music side of things, Fleetwood Mac. Are amazing for any kind of mood and uh yeah get yourself acquainted with their back catalogue but yeah Tusk, i um some task by fleetwood mac that always um that always lifts me up mm. listening to that i just love the beat of it fantastic song so that's a good funnily song enough well, i used to when, when i lived in yeah in, i lived in, yeah. in croydon yeah. for a few years and i got uh, when i was doing my apprenticeship over in London, I was I got uh, pally with this this guy. who was all through from um, London, and uh, his uh, dad used to sort of jam with Fleetwood Mac in his garage, and they used to come and uh, and do some sessions in in his garage when they were sort of starting up. Uh, <laughs> he got me listening to to them a little while. He was a guitarist, and he never he wasn't in Fleetwood Mac. Let me get it right, but he went to school with a couple of them, I believe, from memory. Um, but they, yeah, they used to come around and use his garage to to sort of um kind of jam sessions in so that's pretty cool so yeah I, I don't know much about them if i'm honest i haven't listened to too much of them in the past so yeah that's no, good it is a very good fleet with mac yeah they're not tell martin mm. they're not as good as though because he seems to think they are but they're not yeah <laughs> <laughs> well is it, i'm gonna uh, start sort of they're not as good as the beatles but they're, they're good sorry was, did you want to say something then chappers I think he's on a bit of a delay, unless it's. No, really... I was just laughing at Richard. <laughs> oh, okay, that's fine. But yeah, yeah I'll. Uh, I just want to um, thank you guys so much yeah. for doing this tonight. It's been a big, big, you know, a boost really. That um, you know, the, it, it's always good to know that you're not alone in these situations, and how important it is to to share and to help and to listen and to speak. Um, and during this time more than ever, when there isn't so much help out there, sort of regards doctors and, and counsellors, etc., that we can be there for people to sort of, to, just to lean upon, just be a shoulder to cry on from time to time, really. And uh, it, it would really, it, it's helped me to know that we can actually just, in the tiniest, tiniest way, just to sort of help get the, the word out there, really. So I really appreciate all your time and everyone uh, watching as well. I do appreciate it. Please give us a like. Tell your friends about the show. They can come back and watch it after time. Um, and subscribe to the channel if you haven't done so already. That would be a, a big help. So, Ray, it's been such a pleasure. Um, tell people that may be listening to the uh, audio version of this, where because they won't be able to see the screen, obviously what's written on it. Where can they find you? What do you do? Yeah. Um, uh, what, 
that sort of stuff. Yeah, they can find me on on Twitter. It's I think it's uh, Ray City Fan TV One, or you can find me on uh, YouTube. Um, it's City Fan TV. Um, and if you're into uh, women's football, we a couple of weeks ago started City Women Fan TV. So that's uh, covering more of the uh, the women's side. The, the men's uh, my original City Fan TV does cover the women's as well, just because it's got a bigger reach. Um, so anything about Man City, um, we're always doing previews before games with uh, fans of opposition channels. It's always you know a bit of fun, a bit of banter, uh, and 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 usual stuff. Obviously, we're not going to games, so we don't speak to fans outside grounds. But we're doing um, you know I do these live streams every day. Once we finish here, we'll do um, a live stream pretty much every almost every day now. Um, because as I said, there's people waiting on it as well, and it's always good, good fun. You get you know a group together, and then you get new people coming in, and it's it's just nice and uh, to, to get a group together. And so we'll do ev- anything to do with Man City, whether it's um, you know finances, what's going on with Pep, or anything else. Uh, just check mm-hmm. us out, City Fan TV. No, I recommend it. It's it's really good. I was uh, joined your chat yesterday, didn't I? And I was having a bit of banter with some of your uh, your viewers there. Mm-hmm. Got, you know, giving me a bit of stick for being a gooner. But um, <laughs> it's uh, what can I say? You haven't been the same since Arteta left, have you? So you know, there you go. <laughs> but, <laughs> we'll talk about no, it's great. I cannot. Yeah, I say can't thank you enough for coming on. And I hope it won't be the last time, mate. And uh, maybe we can do yeah. something together when next time we play each other, City mm-hmm. Arsenal. Yeah, it's about um, about two or three weeks into it. It's not. It's not. Can't be longer. Way can it? I can't remember. I'm thinking of the women's I'll, game actually. Maybe. Yeah, I'll have to have a look. But yeah, maybe we can do something together then as well. Yeah, Richard, thank you ever so much for joining us as well. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Ever, yeah, thanks for sharing. And uh, yeah, where can people find you? Yeah, I mean, I'm on Twitter. It's obviously Guna Rich B. Also, as well, I've got I'm on YouTube over and over and over again. But I'm talking about women's football. I actually did my first live watch along at the Arsenal women's game today against Chelsea, um, which was really good. Actually, um, it was a good game. Um, Arsenal, unfortunately, not to win. Actually, Chelsea scored in injury time equaliser. Well, rather fluky goal if you saw it. Did you, see, well, did you yeah. see what I put on Twitter? Like it was, it reminded me of the Paul Parker 1990 yeah, semi-final. Very against Germany. Yeah, it was. It was unfortunate. But it was a good game. And I thought Arsenal played well. They've got a great ladies team as well. So I do mm. I do cover them as well, a lot of their games. Because, you know, I think women's football has made massive strides, hasn't it, in the last few years. And um, mm. the, the, the WSL now, this season in particular, is looking really, really strong. You know, um, clubs that maybe in the past have only recently put women's teams in there. Man United, for example, Everton, a really good season. So it's starting to become a lot more competitive as well, which is good. But obviously, you know, the main focus is obviously on the men's team and uh, the, the certain sort of... Uh, trials and tribulations that we're going through at the moment the last few weeks now we did a good show on friday didn't we andrew on uh on my channel which was good as well um yeah, you know yeah. Um, yeah and i mean i know we've got leads next week um i've got a leads fan who might be coming on as well to have a little discussion about uh stuff from leads perspective earlier the game obviously they've had a good season as well so uh, but yes yeah, over and over and over again hopefully you know if you get a chance nip over there and uh and subscribe andrew's on there quite a lot as well but don't let that put you off <laughs> <laughs> carrying the channel on my shoulders richard carrying the well, channel on my you're, shoulders. Doing, you're doing a great far job. from it no honestly I, I, obviously i'll put links to both of your channels in the uh the notes uh, uh for this afterwards so yeah go and subscribe to, to both of those fantastic channels there and to chappers obviously part of the furniture 
thanks for coming on again mate and uh once again though you know thanks for sharing uh, your stories and it's you know it means a lot to all of you so thanks thanks for joining me today so yeah, i'll uh end it there and i'll look for oh by the way tuesday mesa island discs great episode coming up an extra show this week um please tune in for that it's going to be tom from the gunner talk it's going to be on alongside um johnny cochran who is uh on the arsenal um website he's on the arsenal nation podcast he's on mtv uh he's a comedian he's going to be giving his choices on the mesa island discs as well so that don't miss that coming up on tuesday um until then i'll see you soon Cheers. Yeah.